I can't tell. Is that piano still in tune? I can't tell. I got to check up because, you know, sometimes uh, I just don't know. Not because you hit a wrong note. It's just I just want to make sure. But uh, we got two pianos, so if this one goes out, we can take this one and move it over there. <laughs> and uh, no. uh, my dream is to have stereo pianos being played one day. I'd love to do that. Maybe, maybe for our 25th anniversary, huh? Everybody know what's coming up in uh, in September? I didn't think so. We're having our 25th anniversary coming up in September this year. And I can't wait. We're just, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to try to have a packed house. And I hope you'll be praying for that. And uh, we're going to send out cards and letters and um, free tickets. I don't know. <laughs> That's a trick. You know, some churches say, hey, you want a free ticket to a banquet? Well, we're not charging anybody anything anyway, but this is here's a free ticket. But uh, we, we're, we're just going to ask God to fill up the church that day. All right, let's go to Psalm 17. Psalm 17. King David was the most godlike Christian out of all the Old Testament kings. And I say kings because there's a lot of great, great, uh, wonderful, godly people in the Old Testament. The prophets and the ladies that uh, supported the ministry. My goodness, uh, uh, Samuel's mother, Hannah, she prayed for so long and, and then gave her son to the Lord. And by the way, all you moms, you, you could do well just to give your kids back to Jesus and let him have them. Uh, he can do a better job with them than, than uh, you and your husband or anybody. I, my kids belong to the Lord. They don't belong to me. Because when they do something, I said, they're not mine. <laughs> no, no, uh, they, they don't really ultimately belong to to me, they they uh, they belong to the Lord, right? Um, so Hannah was a great Christian. Uh, there's lots and lots of great Christians in the Old Testament, but as far as kings go, David stands out above them in such a way that from his teenage years, God said, "I'm looking for a man after my own heart." I'm looking for a new king. Saul was not after God's heart. He didn't act like God. He didn't love God. He just, uh, he was just filling in, you know. But David, as a shepherd boy, took care of his father's sheep, and he didn't have a big, huge flock. And then he was taking care of his father's sheep. That, that's what we all do, you know. We take care of of people that don't belong to us. Uh, the, the the Bible calls us all church members as sheep. Um, the Bible says that all of us are sheep of his pasture. He's the good shepherd, right? So David had a heart uh, as a shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep. And even even as a young lad, when, when he went down and found out that the Philistines were uh, gonna, gonna fight against the, the uh, Hebrew uh, Jews and, and, and the children of Israel, well, then uh, he didn't like that. And uh, his dad told him to go down and uh, see how the battle does and take, take food to his brethren. Well, you know what he did, don't you? He took those sheep and he, he let them 
with a, a caretaker, he didn't just leave the sheep alone. He, he had somebody that would take care of the sheep, right? And so uh, when he got to the battle, his brother said, who did you leave those sheep with? You know, what did you do with those sheep? You're supposed to be a shepherd. What are you doing here? Uh, you just come down and check out the battle. And he said, no, 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 dad, Jesse, his dad, told him to come down, right? But he didn't leave the sheep alone. He cared for people. So this message this morning is along those lines. Think of David. Think of David and his heart for people and how much he loved his people. And then you're going to get right in ready for the message. Look at uh, Psalm 17. And uh, remember David's heart when he says this. Look at verse number 15 with me. Um, David said this in Psalm 17, verse 15. As for me, I will behold thy face. That's, he's talking to God. He's praying to God. I, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. David said, I'm going to see God. In the Beatitudes, if I'm not mistaken, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That goes right along with what Jesus said. David had a heart that was for God. But look what he said here. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Do you realize that today the greatest thing that you and I could possibly do is to be Christ-like. That's what God wants to do out of us. He, he wants to take your whole life and bring you to a point where you are more like Jesus Christ. Now, right away, you might be thinking, I can't do that. Jesus walked around with sandals all the time and a big, long robe, and he performed miracles, and uh, then he died on the cross. I can't do all that. You're missing the point. That's not being Christ-like. What, what we do is when we're Christ-like, you know what we do? We take on his heart. And we treat people like they should be treated. We love people. We care for people. We forgive people. We believe in people. And we, we take, um, well, Paul said, the more I love the, the less I am loved. See, that's Christ-like. How many understand God in 1 John chapter 4, two times the Bible says God is love. Remember that? So God is love, and the more he loves people sometimes, the less he is loved. You say, I don't want to be Christ-like then. Well, let me explain that there's a there's a, a real wonderful blessing in loving people even when they don't love you back. See, if you if you and I, if we love people like we're loved, we're gonna be the most rotten Christians in the world. How many have ever you've loved somebody but they didn't love you back? How many have that happen? All right, so think about this. If if what you and I do is we say, okay, fine, well I don't love you either. Now, you know what we've done? We have demoted ourselves and become just like them. How many want to be known as somebody that's 
doesn't love people. Well, I know Brother Shaver. He doesn't love anybody. He's just a selfish old grouchy person that just he does he just hates people. Is that what we want our testimony to be? No. What I want to be, I want to be Christ-like. Jesus was hated. He was mocked. He was persecuted. He was misunderstood. He was disbelieved. And yet, what did he do? He loved anyway, didn't he? So to be Christ-like is actually a real blessing for you. Um, I have loved people before and uh, turned out that I wasn't, it wasn't reciprocal. <laughs> Anybody know what that means? That's a big fancy word. It didn't come back to me, right? Uh, but that doesn't make us, that, that, that doesn't mean we should stop loving. Now, didn't Jesus say, love your enemies? What does this mean? What is that? Lord, what do you mean by that? Love your enemies. It's been said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and, uh, boy, you got that Old Testament law. You, you did that something to me. I'm going to do it right back for you. You poke me in the eye. I'm going to poke you in the eye. You chopped off my finger. I'm going to chop your finger off. You punch me in the face. I'm going to punch you in the face. Boy, this is tit for tat, buddy. This is blow for blow. You did it to me. I'm going to do it to you. A little more, a little harder, so I can get on top. You know what Jesus said about that? I got something new for you. I want you to love one another as I loved you. That's hard. It's really hard. If you love somebody that doesn't love you back, you're a great Christian. If somehow your well doesn't run dry, you're a great Christian. If you love somebody and they never show you love back, and you keep loving them. You're a great Christian. And that's what Christ-likeness is, to love people, love others. I, I mean, I like the trees, okay? I, I, I love, I, I'm a carpenter. I love it. I love cutting down trees and making junk. But I don't love it like, like you're supposed to love God. You know, you can't, you can't love this world. You can't love the things that are in this world. That's not Christ-like. What, what really is Christ-like is to love other people. So, I want to be Christ-like. Does anybody know what the word Christian means? Christ-ones. Christ-like people. People that are like Jesus Christ. When the disciples, they were in Jerusalem and, and they were conducting ministry and telling people and spreading the gospel, do you realize what they said? We took notice of these people that they had been with Jesus. They, they noticed that they had been with Jesus. How did they know that? Well, there's a difference. Brother Carlson touched on it this morning. There's a difference now that the first thing that you should uh, emulate and copy is being like Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people are scared of that. Like he, he suffered too much. He, he went through too many problems, and it's just too hard to be like Jesus. I can't do it. But that's not, I think, I think that's, uh, that's an excuse because Jesus wants us to be like him. He says, a new commandment I, I have, I've given you, that you love one another as I loved you. 
I think there's the key to the Christian life. Loving people like Jesus did. Let me ask you this. Does, does Jesus love homeless people? Yes. Does Jesus love criminals? He does. Does he love the up and outers? How about all the crazy nuts in this world that have too much power and too much money and too much control and too much influence over me and you? They're crazy. They're just flat bat crazy, right? I mean, they are absolutely insane. I was talking to, uh, I think, Jason and some other, uh, the, I don't know what this woke stuff is about the gender um, pronouns and stuff. <laughs> Do you realize there's places, I just learned this today, I, I, it just clicked. I, I probably heard it, but I just it just clicked. You can get fired from a job if you don't refer to the people that you work with in the precise, correct pronouns. How would you like to live under that pressure all your life? You get this great job and you, you're hired and, and, and somebody tells you, now, if you're going to talk about this person, you have to use this pronoun, that pronoun, and he used to be a girl, but he changed his mind. He's back to a man, but pretty soon he's going to do it again. So he just he goes back and forth, and so you just got to be careful how you refer to him. You know what? I, that's just nonsense. And I don't think God's happy with that one bit. God, God loves us all, but sometimes love is just truth and common sense and treating people the right way. You know, God is love, and he tells us to love one another as he loved us. Um, and love has to be perfected, too. Love can be, well, let me just give you an instance. I didn't really know how to love my wife when I married her. I was uh, 28. I didn't, I didn't know how to love a wife. And I'm learning. Love has to grow. Love has to start somewhere, and then you have to perfect it. The Bible says uh, love can be perfected, and fear has torment, uh, but love, perfect love casts out fear. Did you know that? Perfect love casts out fear. It's a wonderful thing. We shouldn't fear God like, oh, no, I'm scared of him. Ah. No, we, perfect love between us casts out that fear. And we have a better relationship with the Lord. To be Christ-like is to have love. Now, love needs to be perfected. you got to start somewhere. And uh, when we first got saved, we started learning how to love God. We, we didn't know how to love God. But then we read in the Bible, if, if you love me, then keep my commandments. And if you love me, then love your neighbor. If you love me, then love your spouse and treat people right and do the right thing. And you know what? Don't ever stop loving people. Don't ever stop loving people. Because if you do, you're going to be just as bad as the next guy. But if you never stop loving people. There have been people in my life as a Christian, as a pastor, treated me like dirt, rotten dirt, even worse. But you know, every once in a while I think of them and I pray for them. And if they show up, and sometimes I run into people that, 
have treated me bad. I just don't want to go around harboring ill will and I don't want to be grouchy and I don't want to be hateful uh, because it hurts me. But I want to love. Remember what Jesus said to Judas, who was the worst of all the people on the earth? He was the worst. You know what Jesus said about him? It'd be better for you had you never been born. It would be good if you had never been born. That's a big statement Jesus said to somebody, but he's the one that loves more like anybody. In, I mean, he, he's God on earth. He loves people the way they should be loved. And he said that to Judas, but guess what he called Judas? Called him friend. Jesus didn't hate him. He felt sorry for him, but he didn't hate him. He didn't treat him bad. He even let him eat the Last Supper with him. Hey, look look up here. If you knew that somebody was going to turn you in for innocent and make your life miserable and put you on the cross, if you knew he was going to lie about you, and if he knew, if you knew he's going to sell you out for 30 pieces of silver, would you invite him to dinner? Would you say, come and eat with me at my table? Knowing full well that he was going to go out and literally betray the Lord, would you do that? I don't think many of us would. I'd say, hey, you're the one. Get out. <laughs> don't ever come back, you dirty scoundrel. Uh, I tell you, we wouldn't let that happen. We, we, I just don't think we would, but Jesus did. He could take, he could take anything that came his way and still love people. David said, when I awake, he said, I'm going to be, I'll be satisfied. Look at verse uh, number 17, or excuse me, verse 15 again. This is, a, this is a tremendous verse. He says, in righteousness, he's going to see face to face, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. David was so Christ-like. David had a heart that was knit with God. David was the forerunner, uh, the king, the forerunner to Jesus. And then when uh, Isaiah preached about the coming Messiah, he said he's going to take the throne of David. He was related to David, and he's going to take David's throne. So David was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus in, in kingdom, in the king, uh, the, the office of king. And he was a wonderful king. He was a great man. And he loved God. And he was human. And he made mistakes. He made some big mistakes. He made some big problems. He caused people to die. But in the end, the Bible says David died in a good old age, full of righteousness and honor. He, he didn't lose his honor because he had a heart for God. How many in here have ever made a mistake? I'll turn around so you can raise your hand. All right, how many of you have ever said something you shouldn't have said? Don't disappoint me. I think you're all perfect. Go ahead. Hey, we've all said some stupid things and did some really dumb things and sinned, and yet does God still love us? Yeah. He does, and he knows how to handle everything. Now, God already told us that that's what he wants out of us. He wants us to be like him. Now, in Genesis, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 because I want, to, I want you to see that it was the 
per, uh, the original purpose of God to create humans that would be like him. Now, uh, this, this is a process that, that still God is still working on us, but we lost it in the Garden of Eden. It, it, it went completely wrong. It went terrible. And Adam and Eve lost the first estate. Uh, trouble in paradise, they would say. Look at chapter 1, verse 24. But this is important for you and I to catch now this morning. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. You know, so cattle and all the animals, they produce after their kind. But look at this. Verse 25 says, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said... Let us make man in our image. That's why we don't believe in evolution. We didn't come from animals. We didn't come from a monkey. Forget that teaching. That's, that's a lie from the devil. We didn't crawl out from under an amoeba, and we, didn't, we weren't found in a test tube. We didn't crawl out from under a worm or a rock or something. We were not... Uh, some kind of strange scientific biological mess. God made Adam after his own image. And so we don't believe in evolution. Our church has never stood for any of that stuff. We don't, we don't believe in it, and we won't put up with it. I don't care what the world says. God was never a monkey, and you have never been related to one. Although there are some people that act like it, but no, no. Look at verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He's talking about the Holy Spirit and his son, Jesus, and himself. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female. Ladies, you are females. And that is, that is after God's own image. You cannot ever let yourself be degraded into thinking that you are less of a human just because you came out of Adam. That's, that's God created male and female after his own image. Now, what is it then that God did? He created man after his kind. He, he, he has a kind of a replica in some ways. We, uh, we, we're not made in the image of an animal. We're made in the image of our Father, God the Father. So it's really important to realize, what does he want from us now? What does God want from me? What does he want me to do? He wants me to become more like his son. He wants, to take, he wants me to take on his attitude, his likes, his dislikes. He wants Christians to become Christ-like. All the love in the whole world is pointed to his son. And anybody that's closer to Jesus is closer to God. Anybody that acts like Jesus 
is, is pleasing God. Anybody that obeys Jesus obeys God. Everything that you want to do in your whole life, if you want to have any relationship with God, the best you can do is become Christ-like. The more close you are to Jesus, the better off you will be, the more happy you and I will be. God has given us grace to live our lives for him, by him. Look at Romans chapter 6, and we're running out of time, but that's just the, just the facts of life there. Just time keeps on going. But today, I want you to think now, how Christ-like could you become? Could you learn how to love people better? Could you be more faithful? Could you have a walk with God? Of course we can. And that is the, that's the job of a Christian, to become Christ-like. Uh, look at Romans chapter 6 now. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If you're saved, you have a new life to live. Are you with me? you got a new way to live. You say, yeah, I've been saved a long time. I know. And that's good. But no matter who you are, if you're saved, you've got a new way to walk. you got a new way to talk. you got a new place to go, a new group of friends, a new, um, I guess, direction. You have a new sense of values. And you have all these things that are changing in your life. And some, it's a, it's a slow process. But for others, you, it, the process is up to you, really. Death has no domination over us. Death has no dominion over us. We're free from the death. Uh, we're free from the bondage of death. And God hath made me free from the, uh, the, the bondage of, of, of sin and death. Romans chapter 8. Let's go there quickly. Therefore, verse number one, Romans eight, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Salvation saves you from hell. Salvation saves you if you want it to. It can save you from a lot of problems. Salvation can save you from all the, all the penalties of sin. But it also gives you a, a chance to be like Jesus Christ. Now, if you're like me, you probably have times in your life that you weren't really Christ-like. Chances are, yesterday, you might have had a time when you weren't very Christ-like. Uh, don't give up on that. You might have had times in your life when you went through a long stretch of time that you didn't live for Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's a process. And God wants you to become more like him. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Let's all turn there, please. I want you to see this before we go home. I don't have much time with you. And I think it's important that we take a look at this. Let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. 
Let this mind be in you. That, there we go. We're going to be more Christ-like. We'll start thinking about things like he did. Let's, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. All right? So don't worry about being on top of the hill all the time and uh, being famous and being known. It took upon him the form of a servant. So there's another thing. Uh, we should all have a servant's heart. Serve one another. Be a servant. Do, do service for the Lord. There's, there's a thought. Then also, but was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. There's another thing. So if we humble ourselves, we're going to be more Christ-like. If we serve others, we're going to be more Christ-like. If we're not worried about being on top of the heap and being the best and the well-known, uh, then we're going to be more Christ-like. And became obedient. There's another thing. Just obeying what God said. These things show us that we will be more Christ-like. To be Christ-like is to be blessed. It says, even the death of the cross. How long does God want us to serve him? Anybody uh, got any ideas about that? Uh, for me, uh, about till 12 and I'm done serving God. Oh, maybe next week. I'll, I'll stretch it out to next week. Well, maybe next day, maybe the month, maybe. How about, oh, uh, okay, at least through the summer. Sorry, that's not what God said. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. How long are we going to serve the Lord? All the way, all the way. You say, but I, that sounds like a hard thing to do. No, it's not. All you have to do is humble yourself and obey God and love him, love your neighbor, love each other, be friendly, have a good attitude, be, be positive, uh, try to be uh, a man or a woman of prayer, uh, be a giver. Uh, these, things, these things will cause you to be Christ-like. Is there a reward for being Christ-like? Yes. What's the reward for being Christ-like? You're going to be honored, and you're going to be blessed and rewarded greatly, and you're going to be satisfied, and you're going to be like the Lord, and all the glory that God the Father shows upon his Son will cascade down. The closer you can get to Jesus, how many like on a cold night, how many have ever been standing next to a bonfire? Now, have you ever camping? You like camping? I like camping. I like going out, and I love being around the fire. I turn. I, we have a fire ring in our backyard, and I just love getting as close to it as I can. My uncle Bob, he was in the uh, uh, army in uh, Korea, and uh, I saw him at the camp. He was a hunting and fishing and outdoors man all the time. And he was always back up to the fire like this and just sit there like this, warming his hands. And then he'd turn around like this and just warm himself by the fire. You know what? I think it's not too much unlike that. We're going to be close to the, the warmth and the glow and the radiate, the, the love of God. Closer we can get to God. And all the glory that showered down upon the Lord Jesus Christ from God the Father 
and cascades and spills over and anybody close to Jesus is going to get glorified too, the closer you can walk to God, you're not going to follow God far off. You'll be close to his side. The disciples that were close to Jesus, you know what he did with them? Well, he said that he was going to make a gate after their names and their names would be engraven in the, in the city of New Jerusalem. And they would be ruling with, uh, they would be kings. Uh, they, the special offices of grandeur and glory and, and power and authority. And then he promised that to you and I too. He says, if you suffer for the Lord, you're going to reign with him. To, so to get closer to the Lord is to love people and uh, to kind of suffer a little bit. You know, if you love somebody and they don't love you back, don't get discouraged. Are we all in agreement with that? Uh, did we all just choose to go ahead and do that then? <laughs> right? How many say, you know, that's right. I'm going to change my attitude. If, you're, if you love people and you're not loved back, you're not supposed to stop loving. Is that right? That's, that's the message. That's Christ-likeness. How many have somebody that down through the years when you've been living probably didn't love you much? I don't mean you have to go start a relationship. I mean, just in your heart, in your heart, you don't hate anymore. There's not a person in this world that I have a vicious hatred for. Now, I stay away from some people, <laughs> but I can stay away from somebody and still love them from afar, right? Oh, Lord, please bless that person. They really need help. Hi, good to see you. Love you. <laughs> uh, There's some people you better stay away from, Right? Right? But you can still love them. And the people that you know, the people that you associate with, you're supposed to love. As I have loved you. Did Jesus sin? No. So, should we sin? No. Uh, did he steal? Did he uh, get out of God's will for his life? Did he throw a temper tantrum? Did he ever cheat? Did he ever lust? Did he ever smoke? Did he drink? Did he get lazy? Did he quit? No. To be Christ-like is to be like him. Jesus would not do this. I, I know from the Bible that he would do certain things and he wouldn't do other things. To be Christ-like is the greatest reward. Did he care for people? Did he love people? Did he help did he support? Did he teach? Did he pray? Did he give? Did he stay faithful? Did Jesus stay faithful? And let me ask you this. In the end, did he win? Yes. He did win, didn't he? He says, I have overcome the world. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. And now Jesus Christ is at the Father's right hand. And guess where he wants us to be? With him. I'll tell you what, being a Christian is not a piece of cake. And sometimes, I must say, it's very difficult. But I don't want to stop loving people. I don't want you to stop loving people. And when people won't love you back, it's no reason to stop loving. Tonight, or today, 1 John 3 and last scripture, let's look at it. 1 John chapter 3. Would you turn with me one last time? I promise this is... Uh, this is it. 
No joking. This is it. Verses 1 through 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3. I want to be Christ-like. What a tremendous honor. Now, it says in verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to pray. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Now, before I go to verse 2, can I just say this? Isn't that amazing what God did for us? He, want, he wants us to be his sons in his family. Tremendous. Like Christ. All right, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. So if you're saved, you belong to God, and you're supposed to work at being Christ-like. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be what? Like him. That's the end result of being a Christian. That's the goal of being saved, to be Christ-like. That's what God intended in the very first day of creation of Adam and Eve. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. This is the result of a lifelong walk with God that you and I could be like Jesus Christ. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I hope this morning that you will remember your greatest goal in life is honestly to be Christ-like. And if you're saved today, then you, you can do that. If you're here and you have never received Jesus as your Savior, never asked him to come into your heart, boy, you, you could do that. Uh, yesterday I talked to a man, and I said, do you go to church? And he said, yes, I do. I, I asked him where he went to church, and he told me. And I said, uh, have you ever received Christ as your Savior? He said, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. And I was so confused. I said, wait a minute, you, you go to church? Yeah, I go all the time. I go because it feels good. And I said, but you don't believe in Jesus. He said, nope, don't believe in him. I said, well, I don't think I've ever ran into somebody with that life. You go to church all the time, but you don't believe in Jesus. That's not, that's that's wrong. I said, you're making a big mistake. I said, you better change your mind. I hope you change your mind because you're making a big, big mistake going to church and not believing in Jesus. I couldn't understand why he goes other than it just feels good. Today, aren't you glad you're saved and you can be Christ-like? Let's do it. Let's really work at it and let's ask God to help us as we become more like Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayer this, this morning. Just a thought that might help you down through the days, the weeks, and while the world's going crazy, uh, Christians will shine a little bit brighter. While the world gets darker and darker and darker, guess what? Christians will shine a little bit brighter as you go. And it's all right. It's a process. 
many people have taken a while. Maybe there's something in your life that God's trying to work on to be more Christ-like, but that's the goal. Lord knows that license plate is right where the uh, border of the license plate says, be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. And it's true. He's not done. He's still working on me, and he's still working on you. Why? He wants us to be like Christ. Father, today, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful book that you've given us. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to love others like he did, and help us to love God like he did. Help us to be Christ-like, Lord, please. Give us success in this. In Jesus' name, amen.